0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: You don't always have to like him, but you have to respect him. The Roy Green Show continues. The Roy Green Show continues
0: on the Chorus Radio Network. look at this as profiting. This is not a time for profit or for gaining or for uh, thinking, oh, I did it, or I hit the jackpot, or whatever. This is, this is I think, a time for remembering. It's a time of reconciliation. Well, not according to the uh, callers and listeners that we've been talking to and have heard from. Hello, everybody. Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. That, of course, is the voice of Omar Cotter. I want to say hello again to all of our friends and listeners at CKNW, one of Canada's greatest radio stations in Vancouver. So, all of you in Vancouver and the lower mainland of British Columbia, we're back with you on Saturdays and Sundays on The Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I've missed you. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. You can send your emails to Roy at RoyGreenshow.com and you can follow me on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. There's blog information. We'll get to all of that as well. Omar Cotter is the story for this week in this country. There is really no other story that people are focusing on. And frankly, there's a tremendous amount of anger. I've seen it in my emails. I've seen it on Twitter. Uh, I've heard it on the air. People are furious, furious at Trudeau, furious at the uh, liberal government, furious at the fact that $10.5 million dollars was directed to Omar Carter surreptitiously. And on Wednesday, the money was put in the account, and it was cashed. So this, of course, means that the Americans, two Americans who have particular interest in that money, and for legitimate reasons, in the minds of most of us, are going to have more difficulty maybe accessing some of that $10.5 million. And they are Tabitha Spear, the uh, widow of Chris Spear, the U.S. Army medic, who was killed by Cotter's grenade, and uh, Sergeant Lane Morris, former Special Forces Sergeant, and um, who was in that firefight in, uh, in Afghanistan in July of 2002. Lane Morris joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network Lane, uh, I wish we had better circumstances to speak to you under, as in you had a really significant opportunity to go after the money and it hadn't been delivered to Carter yet, or Carter yet, but it has been. And you and I speculated about this in the, in the past, in previous conversations. Here it's fact now. What was your instant response? What's your reaction now to the fact that the federal government of Canada has made sure that Omar Carter has the money before you and Tabitha Speer had the opportunity to legally intervene?
1: Well I'd like to say it's nice to talk to you Roy but I'd like to say that these are difficult circumstances and and I'll tell you, Roy, i I feel bad um, but I don't you know my feelings I think pale compared to how uh, the members of the Canadian armed services have to feel at this point this uh, even though even though you see the betrayal coming. Um, It doesn't make it any less painful when uh, the reality finally hits and you realize your government uh, cares more about a terrorist and his needs and and comfort than he does yours. And uh, I I feel bad for those valiant uh, men that I served with from Canada who sacrificed so much to go and represent their country. And this has got to be a tough day for them to see their government side with uh, Cotter. Uh, that's tough. I, I feel bad for Tabitha Spear. I've always felt bad for Tabitha Spear. But, uh, you know, like I said, it doesn't make it any easier if you're a member of the Canadian Armed Services. And for me, you know, the blade, it's a, it's a double cut because, as you referred to, not only does the government uh, give Omar Khadr $10.5 million, but they also do it specifically and deliberately Uh, in the the best way possible to shield him from any type of um, responsibilities beyond that. Uh, And that's got to be, you know, that's just, that's the insult to the injury there.
0: Lane, have you had the sense all along that Cotter was getting special treatment, even when he was uh, incarcerated in the United States? Remember that conversation you had on the air on this program with uh, Lieutenant Commander Bill Keebler, who's since passed away, and our condolences to his family. But you had a long conversation with him on the air, and what I what I heard, and what we've been certainly been talking about and hearing is that Cotter seems to get the special treatment from from governments and from the judicial system.
1: Well, there, there's no there's no doubt about that, and uh, you know I I. Uh, at some point, you just have to look at the at the political party, whether it's a liberal government who sprung Omar's father from jail decades ago, or a liberal government who continues to coddle him. Uh, there's there's a there's a common thread there, and I don't know why Omar Cotter has become the poster child for all that is liberal in Canada, um, but he certainly has been the beneficiary of that and has learned to. To uh, shut his mouth and allow people to to tell his story the way they'd like to tell it and and uh, they've did, done an excellent job of, of that.
0: I'd like you to hear some of what Omar Cotter said Lane have a listen to this. I don't look at it in a way that I deserve it. It's, it's not a matter of deserving. Whatever happened was in the past it's not a matter of forgetting the past. It's, it's a matter of trying to find the best way where we can reconciliate what happened and move forward in a way that is going to be healthy for everybody. Move forward in a way that's healthy for everybody. I guess you too, Lane.
1: <laughs> well, you know, again, words to, this, to the Cotter family, to his attorneys, words mean nothing. These people spin and uh, twist stories. Throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks. They've been doing that for the last 15 years. Um, if those words meant anything, um, and, and he is right, he deserves nothing. He ought to just cut that check, sign it over to Tabitha Spear, and uh, we'll all go home. And he can feel fortunate that he's still alive. And uh, and let's go on. But uh, I don't, I don't, I don't expect uh, anything like that to happen for Omar Carter.
0: When you say he should feel fortunate that he's still alive, your platoon did not have any. Well, nobody was forcing you to keep him alive. In that July, after that July firefight in two thousand and two, you decided as a unit that you would do everything possible to keep this to keep this young man uh, alive. He'd thrown the grenade, and yet you did everything possible to save his life, which you did.
1: Yeah, Omar Cotter is is fortunate because uh, Chris Beer was a medic. Unfortunately, we had for him we had another medic that day, and so um, as after Omar threw the grenade and was shot, he would have bled out in about thirty seconds, is what our other medic says. Yeah, he had about thirty seconds, and so it was a quick consultation under the laws of land warfare. it has been very easy to simply uh, watch him bleed out and uh, say, "Well, the battle wasn't quite over," but. you know, Western society, we have different we have different standards than some of these people. And the decision was made that no, we're here. He's here. Um, he looks like he's surrendered. He's actually asked us to kill him. Let's uh, let's save his life. And so efforts were made on Omar Cotter's behalf, and uh, he is he is the fortunate recipient of of those efforts.
0: How has your injury affected your life?
1: You know i'm I'm uh, trying to follow the example of, of our guys from past wars who have simply come home and uh, put their put their weapons of war down and and moved on with their lives and tried to be contributing solid members of society and be good husbands and fathers, um, and in my case, a grandfather now. so Congratulations. Uh, That's what I'm doing. I'm you know I'm, I'm less successful at it than I'd like to be. But uh, my life does not revolve around Omar Cotter or the events of that day. Um, I feel like I have a, a responsibility to to members of my unit, to Chris Spear, um, and to the people of Canada to uh, continue to uh, push this issue.
0: Lane, has your lawyer given you any indication, uh, told you specifically, perhaps that there is an opportunity to pursue... The money that Canada gave Omar Cotter, even though it's in Cotter's possession, and maybe his lawyers have been paid already as well. I don't know. But does your lawyer give you any any, any indication that there's a case waiting to be put forward on your behalf?
1: I I know our, our attorneys, who are, who are a group of folks that are that are working extremely hard, and are, from my perspective, seem to be brilliant. Are uh, pursuing every angle possible um, to try and recover. Some of those funds, uh, if not all of those funds, there's a. This is another, as you alluded to earlier, Roy. This Omar Cotter rules do not seem to apply to him. Uh, court proceedings, statements in court, you just you get to say whatever you want in court, and then you just flip on a dime and say something else the next time. And how his attorney, how Omar has not been held to task on this is just uh, it's just baffling to me.
0: What would you say to Prime Minister Trudeau? Uh,
1: you know, I would say, Prime Minister Trudeau, you ought to be on the uh, no-fly no list. Uh, your name should be added, because, <laughs> uh, you know, what your actions, uh, to me, um, you could add Canada, the Canadian government, is a state sponsor of terrorism, because uh, this boy Trudeau has simply written a $10.5 million check. To uh, radical jihadists, and uh, I don't know how he—I don't know—he does that. I don't—I um, don't understand it. But shameful, shameful uh, act of cowardice to uh, to do something like this in the dead of night. As all acts of cowardice are always done in secrecy and only only alluded, only admitted to um, when when necessary uh it's it's uh that's that's an act of cowardice that i think is a stain on canadian government history that, that will not be uh easily erased
0: lane we've talked many times um and i appreciate you speaking with me today i i have a feeling that it's not going to be the last time because <laughs> I, I know you're determined to see things done right and and uh, go after the money that uh, cotter has has been issued by the federal government of canada you've also always been very gracious in talking about canadians and about the canadian military i understand how you feel about the prime minister but you've always been extremely gracious in how you've described people in this country and the canadians you fought shoulder to shoulder with in afghanistan so thank
1: you for that I mean, i'll tell you a quick story roy we we got to we got to afghanistan in, in uh early in 2002 late 2001 and uh and the PPCLI guys showed up and, uh, you know, the Americans, we had our high speed, you know, ripstop nylon. It was a hundred and whatever degrees there. The Canadian soldiers who were just excellent. I mean, just excellent soldiers, professional beyond belief. I had, all of us had such admiration for them and they were wearing these heavy, old cotton uniforms and, uh, our 82nd airborne guys were dropping left and right, uh, what, what they were wearing under the operational load, and uh, at one point we went to the the Canadians, the 50 Canadians. We're out in the middle of nowhere, you know. There was there's nobody, you know, of uh, the generals are not around, and we finally went to the Canadians, the 50 Canadians. Said, "Hey, to their captain, hey, we got a whole bunch of ripstock nylon. We'd be happy to give you guys these uniforms, so you can, so you're not." Uh, suffering so much, and they were very polite. Um, but they all said, hey, we appreciate it, but this is the uniform of our country, and it's an honor for us to wear it, even if it's not comfortable, even if it's not as high speed as your guys' uh, but that's our that's our uniform, and we wear it proudly. That's a great story. I respected them for that. I, I have respected them for that, I love them for that. And and my heart goes out to those guys on this day because uh it like I said, the the betrayal is complete and uh it can't be a good day for them.
0: Lane, thank you for the time and thanks for sharing that story with us. Much appreciated. We'll talk to you soon.
1: All right, thanks, Roy. All the best.
0: Sergeant Lane Morris. And I don't think it's over. I don't think it's over. But there's a lot of opinion. And uh, we should have time for some more calls today on the Cotter situation. Certainly we'll have tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll have two Canadians who were caught up in a terrorist reality. And the federal government did for them. How quickly can you draw a zero? We'll come back. And joining us will be the former executive officer to General David Petraeus in Iraq, Colonel Peter Mansour. I'm interested in hearing what the U.S. military thinks of the decision that has been made Concerning Omar Khadr. And then before the uh, the end of the hour, we'll talk to Don Sorokin. He's the lawyer for Canadian soldiers, veterans who fought in Afghanistan, who are suing the federal government of Canada for some additional benefits and pensions. And the government says, no, no, you can't have that money because we don't have a social contract with the men and women in uniform. Don't go away. It's the Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.